Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip and commentary. You can't beat the sound of a contented cat. That's why veterinary surgeon and natural pet food pioneer John Burns developed Burns Pet Nutrition. Because he knows the positive impact a natural diet has on our beloved pets. And our premium cat food is designed to satisfy even the most finicky eaters. For natural, no nasty, wholesome recipes, choose Burns Pet Nutrition. Available from veterinary clinics and all good pet shops across Ireland. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cocaine Cowboys, the deadly rise of Ireland's drug lords in association with Crime World. The live show is on sale now. We're coming to Belfast Waterfront Studio on Saturday, April 27th. Check mcd.ie or venue for ticket details. Outside the court, his solicitor, Kieran Shields, said he had been failed by the PSNI, as had the victim. And he said that he'd been shabbily treated by them and that he had been singled out due to who he is. Earlier in a statement that preceded this appeal, he said a grave miscarriage of justice had occurred in Derry District Court and that McCourt was actively targeted and thereafter single-mindedly pursued by the PSNI for conviction. I'm Nicola Talent and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Football star Paddy McCourt was declared an innocent man after a nightmare 22 months involving a conviction for sexual assault concluded when Northern Ireland's prosecution service told an appeals court he had no case to answer. McCourt, a Glasgow Celtic and former League of Ireland star, had been accused of sexually assaulting a woman in a Derry bar two years ago by putting his hand up her skirt. Now, his legal team at Madden and Finucane Solicitors want answers from the PSNI about what they claim was shabby treatment by an investigation team they say singled him out, due to who he is. Today, I'm talking to Niall Donald about the case and the extraordinary sequence of events that led to the clearing of McCourt's name and reputation at the appeals court. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. So, Nicola, you attended uh, the the court hearing remotely today um, where a a very well-known League of Ireland footballer who's also played for Celtic from, from, but originally from Northern Ireland, Paddy McCourt, um, was appealing against his conviction for sexual assault um, and, and he was successful this morning. Yeah, I'm really glad you know the details, the football-y details, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I wasn't so sure. Um, I thought you knew he was a Northern Ireland footballer, all right. Um, do you remember this case? It came up around the summer and uh, there was a couple of days of hearings. I, yeah, I do remember it um, because like Paddy McCord would have played for Shamrock Rovers, but he 
briefly, but he mostly played for Derry FC, which would be in the League of Ireland. Nicola. Again, thank He'd be you. aware of this, but he was like he was a very well-known player, and yeah. then he went on to play for Celtic, which you know most Irish people have a, a support and have a good passing interest. So he would have been a, a well-known footballer, and it, it came to court. I remember it because there was one. It was one of those stories: a well-known footballer, exactly, part. and that really that's probably why it got as much publicity as it did in a way. And interestingly, his solicitor is has made some statements around why he got as much attention by the PSNI, but we'll get to that. So the case surrounded this incident in a bar in Derry on Waterloo Street, the 57 bar, on the 30th of January 2022, when a woman, a victim, alleged that somebody had, basically she was standing at the bar and somebody had put their hand up her skirt and down her neck, touched her bottom, right? Okay, yeah. this was the incident. He was accused and brought to trial. He was found guilty in the district court and he was given a suspended sentence, uh, I think a three-month suspended sentence, but also put on the sex offenders register for five years. Yeah, I think um, it was in the, the magistrate's court, which is the, the, the equivalent of the district court, isn't it, up there? Ex- yeah. Just explain this to me because I've been trying to kind of get this right all morning. So the, the court judge was a district judge called yeah. Ted McGill. Yeah. But the magistrate's courts, I thought, were the upper ones. No, they're not. They're the district, no, are the, they? The, the, the Crown level? Court would be the, the, Crown the court, upper ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the magistrate's court would be, the, I think, the equivalent, the equivalent of, of our district. Yeah. And yeah. so basically the difference would be there's, the primary difference would be there'd be no jury yeah. or non-jury courts. It's for lesser offences as well. I mean, here, I'm sure it's exactly the same in the North. They start in the lower level courts and if the offences are deemed more serious, they go up to the central criminal or whatever. So anyway, that was the basically the case and he denied it completely. Yeah, I mean, even at the um, time, I think probably the way it came out first, that footballer has been accused of of this was the, the first thing and that started breaking. And then... Um, I think just as he was about to come become to court or um his solicitors released the statement denying it really strongly, which you don't always get in these cases. Like you tend not to get communication in advance of, of a hearing. And um, so I do remember that it was put out really, really strongly that yeah. that there was nothing in this and he and he was he was not guilty. Um, but obviously then it went to, it went to court and it, there was a couple of days of evidence and he was convicted. And there was a couple of things, I think, during that trial that's worth referring to. Um, one of them was that so there was DNA taken from, from this victim, from the lady, and it was taken from her dress or her thong. It was described in, in the court. And the evidence was that McCourt's DNA was not amongst this mixed DNA. Yeah. So his DNA wasn't there. And I, I do recall that the judge sort of said, you know, DNA basically evidence isn't necessarily infallible. Yeah, I mean, was an, yeah, I mean, interesting. an interesting perspective. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like DNA has obviously been accepted in, in routinely accepted in courts across the land now. Um, when it was first introduced in Ireland, uh, you know, you're talking 20, 30 years ago, there was a number of times it was judged that 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 it was not reliable. And ultimately, nothing is 100%. Mm. But DNA is giving you, you know, a one in however many thousand uh, percent chance. You know, chance. So, I mean, we're not going to go into uh, those sort of probabilities and what that means, but it's sort of routinely accepted now, isn't it? Well, it also it, it routinely sort of results in conviction for murder, which is like the most serious offence yeah. that anybody can be accused of and which is only found, you know, beyond reasonable doubt. So often in cases, so DNA is, um, you know, is what it is. It's certainly usually 
pretty much the the. Well, it's certainly in terms of building a picture of guilt, it would be taken into account. Maybe the judge would say, in this case, just the absence of DNA doesn't mm. prove doesn't prove he is innocent. However, it certainly would be something that would have to be considered. That that it, it seems like there was DNA mm-hmm. found beyond the the the. the the woman in question herself. Um, and also, of course, she did not... Uh, she didn't identify him. I was going to get onto that. Yeah. The um, the victim wasn't able to identify who had committed the assault because essentially she had their back to him. She appears to have been facing the bar and uh, what happened happened directly behind her. Um, the court was also told that the PSNI had sought and were granted a warrant under what's called the Investigatory Powers Act of 2016. And that enabled them to carry out secret mobile phone examination of McCourt's phone and surveillance of his uh, of what was happening in the traffic in the aftermath of the, the complaint. And the, his barrister at the time during the court case, Owen Devlin, said it was the first time that he had heard of such a warrant being granted for a case that was basically not involving terrorism. Yeah. So it, it seemed like a very draconian um, warrant to grant in, in a case which was ultimately um, you know, a district on court. A minor, a minor assault. Yeah, but I mean, exactly. Minor I sexual mean, assault. Yeah, I mean, it's still obviously a serious incident, but regarded as, in, in terms of, it wasn't, uh, you on know, a it scale, was, I think yeah, it was a minor. Yeah, and it was being dealt with at a magistrate court. Like, yeah. you know, it wasn't going to be, you know, of, of, of a more, require a, a, a major uh, prison sentence, really, mm-hmm. even if convicted, you know. And then just, I suppose, the other thing was during the course of this, of the trial, it was put to the investigating officer that the police had missed clear signpost chances, it was called, to interview another potential suspect. And that officer said that, you know, it would appear so. He sort of agreed with that. And it it was uh, read to the court that this suspect, this other suspect has now moved to Australia. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, they were kind of the, the kind of the main things that came out. And, and nonetheless, uh, McCourt was found guilty. And immediately after the case, uh, his solicitors said they were going to appeal it. So this morning, um, and there was a statement issued last night, again, unusual, but we'll get to that this morning. In the court case, um, basically, Judge Philip Babington said that uh, he was told, basically, that the prosecution weren't putting forward any evidence. So they weren't going to fight this appeal, yeah. basically. They were kind of walking away, their hands up. There was problems with some of the evidence. Um, the They had no evidence to offer in this yeah. appeal. Now, there was evidence given and key witnesses used in the original trial, but clearly they didn't have them for this appeal. Um, so, I mean, I think when they don't give evidence like that, I mean, they could have still given very rudimentary evidence, but really they're walking away from it deliberately, aren't they? They're, they're, yeah. they're, 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 that's a conscious decision to say we're not, this isn't a case that we believe we can, I know they're not defending it as such, but this isn't something we can fight and win. Exactly. The, the PPS or the the you know, the prosecution service basically in the north. So they had applied for witness summonses, they said, but obviously then they don't have the witness to come forward. They don't have any case to 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 give to the court. So Owen Devlin, that's the barrister, said that McCourt, and he's repeatedly said this, I think, during the case, that he accepts the injured party has been or had been sexually assaulted. Um was a victim of sexual assault at that bar that night, but that it wasn't by him. So yeah. he's always accepted that. So that was repeated today. Um, now, the judge basically said that McCourt was 
free to go and he was an innocent man. Yeah, which I suppose would be the, the point for uh, Paddy McCourt. He was, ultimately, he was given a suspended sentence. So he never served any time in prison, even when when he was uh, convicted. But it's that that two words that he's an innocent Listen. man that is going to be the hugely important bit. And in fairness to Mr. McCourt, it's a it's an absolutely huge difference, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, for him to walk away without any stain on his character or any suspicion, which is what the judge has said. And of course, there can be there can be uh, you know cases where that even if somebody's uh, conviction is overturned, where that is not stated, but he is stating clearly the judge here that McCourt is an innocent man as he walks out of court. And like, it's such an unusual thing. You don't hear this very often in appeals and um, the case is, and hopefully we'll be able to dig deeper into some of the elements around it. But um, like 22 months of his life has been, firstly, he was charged and was facing charges. Um, While I don't know very much about his career, um, what it seems is that McCourt is very happily um, in a relationship, in a marriage, in a partnership, whatever it is, and has been since he was a teenager. Um, you know, that would be a huge strain on any marriage to be accused, to be convicted, to be placed on the sex offenders register when essentially you are, as the judge has said to him today, an innocent man. I mean, there isn't really, it's it's really hard on a guy to be accused of something like that and to be looked upon like something like that. And I do know that certainly there seemed to have been nothing ever kind of to suggest that McCourt was that kind of a, no, a guy. I, Anyone who knew him was like really surprised in the first place when he was charged with this. He was never a bit like that. No, there was no, like, you know, I'm sure there are... Oh, other sports people and there's a cloud of suspicion surrounds them and uh, he wouldn't have been anything of that type. Um, As well, you have to look at it in terms of his career. I mean, most footballers, uh, as they they retire, after they retire, you know, the the career route open to them is coaching at various levels, uh, being involved in, in football teams one way or another. And, you know, with a conviction like that, that's it. Yeah. I mean, there is nobody who who's going to hire you under those circumstances, despite um, under any conditions. Exactly. You still have the conviction whether or not you go to jail. It, yeah. Just because you haven't been to jail doesn't mean they're going to keep you on. In fact, the opposite, you'd imagine. Exactly. And mm. of course, footballers like that is what they're qualified to do. They're yeah. qualified to work with other people in, in community groups, in, in, in football clubs where there's going to be young people, where there's going to be, of course, now more and more women, of course, in nearly all football clubs. And, you know, that that conviction would have stopped all of that for him. Mm. And then, you know, he would have been left at, I think he's 39 now. So what is he going to do for the rest of his life? Despite mm. the fact he was never going to serve a day in jail. Otherwise, um, he would have been barred as a result of being on the, the sexual of, uh, offenders register. Mm. He would have been a, been barred even from, let alone working, but just participating or playing in groups, all of that could have been brought into consideration. So it's a real, uh, of course, it's it's every man's worst nightmare, isn't it? Um, it sure is. Yeah. I mean, there's elements of this that, you know, as I said, we get into again, especially with colleagues of ours from the North who may have a greater understanding yeah. of this than we do. But outside the court, his solicitor, Kieran Shields, said he had been failed by the PSNI, as had the victim. Yeah, And he said that uh, he'd been shabbily treated by them and that he had been singled out due to who he is. Um, earlier in a statement that preceded this uh, appeal, he said a grave miscarriage of justice had occurred in Derry District Court. 
and that McCourt was actively targeted and thereafter single-mindedly pursued by the PSNI for conviction. I mean, that's quite a, uh, I mean, it's obviously strong words and all the rest of it, but why are we seeing these kind of allegations coming in because he is a footballer or because of that sort of religious stroke other divide that still is embedded really in Northern Ireland? Well, I mean, I, uh, the solicitor probably would have to clarify exactly what he means. Um, and maybe he has a lengthier statement. But, but you know, I think there there is an issue in terms of um, for, for I mean, the PSNI part of the, the UK's police forces, um, they've gone through a lot of, I suppose, uh, criticism for how they treated uh, celebrities in the past. Um, obviously, the, the and in the past, how they treated Catholics. Uh, yeah, so both. Yeah, um, but you know, there's been a lot of things where they were, you know, celebrities get easy treatment. Uh, there's been a lot of those sort of criticisms. So maybe that's what he's referring to. That because he's a footballer, a person of high profile, that they want to be seen to be going after these guys. Certainly, using um, effectively using sort of anti-terror, anti-gangland. Mm legislation to look through his phone would be very unusual for for a crime of that nature. Um, so maybe his solicitor feels that they, you know, pursued him too vigorously given the fact that he was a person in the public eye. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the, 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 you know, the Jimmy Savile and all of that, there was huge criticism of the police in, in the UK about not, um, by uh, people saying that they're the celebrity of, of individuals meant that they didn't get pursued in the same way an ordinary person would. But clearly, um, in this case, you know, Paddy McCourt is allowed to have his opinion um, because his life will have been, uh, effectively, it would have felt like it was over mm. following that conviction. Um, and he's allowed of a strong opinion and have a, long, a strong belief about why he was targeted. And, you know, maybe we'll hear more over time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be interesting to dig further into that and to kind of, you know, have a proper look at exactly what happened that night, what evidence there is of what happened. I mean, was there CCTV mentioned? There was CCTV, yeah. I mean, there was CCTV mentioned and there is certainly two individuals in the CCTV. Uh, It appears one individual was standing directly behind her, which is exactly where the incident occurred, whereas Paddy McCourt was standing to her, her left or her right, one side, whichever. Um, And that uh, this other individual who... Um, the defence representing McCourt would have suggested was a suspect. Obviously, it was put to the officer in the court that he was a suspect and that he was, you know, he basically was never questioned and the officer agreed. Yeah. So, in other words, there was two people close to her at the time and the other individual, I'm not going to name him, but he was a, seen as a suspect in agreement. The the PSNI have said yes, or the, certainly their officer who was in the in the in the bo- the box during the court case has said yes, and he was allowed to slip away to Australia. Yeah. Um. So, it is quite an unusual case, and maybe we will hear some more about it and be able to dig deeper into a little bit of those allegations that are happening. What happens next? I mean, this isn't going to sit here. There's presumably going to be further. I mean, is there going to be civil proceedings? Is there going to be? Well, there's a history of 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 like the police are allowed to bring cases that in which uh, a verdict of not guilty has ultimately been found. Um, 
I'm sure Paddy McCourt says his life has been overturned, but sometimes these civil cases are difficult to bring because as long as the police acted in good faith and they mm-hmm. brought a case to the to the to the to the PPS or the DPP or whatever the case may be, and it was heard in an open court. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can't be a case that everybody who's accused and found not guilty can sue the state either. I think that that there is a recognition of that. I'm sure that's cold comfort to to Paddy McCourt, of course, who will feel uh, justifiably that that his life was nearly destroyed, and if this appeal hadn't been successful, he would have had that hanging over him forever. Um, but yeah, and the PS and I themselves, you know, it remains to be seen if they investigate, you know, or the the police ombudsman maybe perhaps investigates what happened in this case. I mean, it's not dissimilar to a, a case we had down here um, involving Sil Fox. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I remember Canadian, that, yeah. Um, yeah. Where, where he, you know, he was ultimately found not guilty and the case was brought to court and he really felt that he, because of his, the fact he was in the public eye and a well-known yeah. person and he really felt um, uh, that he was targeted unfairly and he was again vindicated in court um, so look you can only I mean the, the idea of, of of being in that situation must be horrific you know yeah one of the downsides perhaps of being a celebrity so Niall thanks a million thank you very much Nicola you've been listening to Crime World a podcast from sundayworld.com produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.